0: Welcome to the LeadsCon Industry Insider Podcast, where we explore all aspects of today's lead gen industry. From customer engagement and acquisition to lead conversion and sales, we connect with key thought leaders on measurable marketing, consumer behavior, and privacy, plus all the new technologies and trends that shape the industry. everyone, welcome to the LeadsCon Industry Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Warren Pickett, and thanks for joining us for another episode where we talk about performance marketing today and how to set yourself up for future success. Just a quick reminder that we've rescheduled LeedsCon Las Vegas this fall, and we'll be at the Paris Hotel September 30th through October 2nd, so please make plans to come join us. Be sure to visit leadscon.com for full details on the event. We'll also be, we've also been hosting a a few webinars in our online Power Hour virtual networking events. So we hope that you'll tune in, listen in and join us. Please be sure to visit LeedsCon's Las Vegas website and click on the media in the navigation bar for full details on these virtual opportunities. Our next Power Hour virtual networking hour will be hosted on June 17th. So please come drop in and connect with your peers there. And then our next webinar is coming up on June 24th, where we're going to share some great insights on messaging, resources for voice to consumer, and audience segmentation. So we hope you'll join us for that. Now, we've been seeing an evolution in consumer behavior in 2020. And for this episode, I want to dive in a little bit deeper with a subject expert who really understands the relationship dynamics between consumers and brands, and to talk about how sudden shifts are affecting your business. So I'm really pleased and excited to have Dave Franklin joining us today. Hey,
1: Dave. Hey, Warren, thanks for having me. Delighted to be here.
0: Absolutely, thanks for joining us. Dave is a co-author of Marketing to the Entitled Consumer, which leverages research with 7,000 consumers in the US and Europe to help companies focus on a consumer-first approach to building customer relationships. We're also pleased to welcome Dave to join us for our September event at LeedsCon Las Vegas, where he's going to be keynoting. And so we hope you will be able to join us for that and uh, hear Dave in person at the event as well. So Dave, I wanted to start by asking you today, you know, what, where are you seeing consumers spending their time and in what ways are we seeing some long-term shifts in consumer behavior?
1: folks are, are spending time um, you know, clearly we've seen a shift across the board um, you know I think obviously uh, looking at screens has gone up considerably considerably but that manifests itself in different ways it's it's everything from obviously uh, you look at streaming numbers have, have shot up you've seen the launch of new streaming um, solutions um, but then there's pockets within different categories. So esports seems to be uh, going gangbusters right now, as well as uh, personal interaction. So distance socializing, as it were. You know whether that's virtual hangouts and happy hours. Um, we actually did a, a family quiz recently with my uh, my family in Ireland and England, and we were here in the states. Um, my nephew was the quiz master. Um, you know, so people people are. Uh, clearly using digital solutions to, to engage with one another across, um, across the board. Um, and then I think you've also seen increase in sort of, you know, bike shops are, are selling out. So, you know, the, the, the move towards remaining or getting fit. So cycling, walking home gym equipment is selling out. Um, classes online have shot up and then, you know, then there's, there's, there's sort of what might you might consider sort of niche things like, um, You know, cooking, sharing recipes, all that type of thing, as well as uh, more, in a way, traditional things like board games and jigsaw puzzles. You know, you've seen as people have consolidated um, and and sort of reduced their their, uh, opportunity to go outside, we've seen um, sort of a mix of of behaviors, most of which has, has sort of been... Uh, predicated on a requirement to stay in one place, and so it's all of those things you'd expect. And you know, we've commented recently on the on the you know how much how much harder would this all be or have been even 20 years ago, um, where we might have been thrilled to stick a, a walkman on our on our head and listen to you know a tape or something, but you know now we have so much more opportunity to uh, to get access to whatever we want, as well as to engage, even if it's not the same obviously as person to person. Those opportunities are there are there. Um, in terms of your, the second part of your question, in terms of you know, w- w- as we look ahead, um, you know, obviously not a single answer to that. And, and a, I think a lot is going to depend on how things progress, you know, whether we see another spike in infections. You know, now that we're starting to see things slowly open up, um, depending on what geography uh, people are in, we're starting to see things open. But if we do see a spike in infections, depending on how things go with the social unrest we're seeing right now, when travel starts to become um, at at least perceptibly safe um, because there's definitely demand um, but there's also uh, fear for want a better word in, in, in different parts and different places and for different reasons and frankly none of us know how how things are going to progress and what the outcome will be and I think the biggest factor is sort of where's the elasticity in terms of behavior so what's, what's going to, to spring back to the way things were before and what will never return? Um, if I put my, my work hat on, your business travel, will there, will there be a decline long-term? Quite possibly. But at the same time, I think we're, I mean, you just mentioned the event in, in Las Vegas, right? We're seeing a little bit of, of webinar fatigue or overload. We're seeing um, a recognition that as great as a webinar is, um it's not the same as meeting in person it's not the whether that's at a conference the sort of you know the 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 social the social aspect of a conference is often half of the value and then in business meetings those those sort of uh 10-minute conversations during breaks are often where the real you know the real value for the, the, the the meeting comes as opposed to the the hours around the boardroom um and we don't know where that new baseline is going to be and what's going to return to what used to be considered normal and what the new normal is going to be
0: yeah it's interesting like you talk about you know people uh, are just now starting to venture out you know states are loosening up some of their restrictions and i know here in colorado we're actually seeing a lot of pent up demand you know people want to be with others as much as it's socially safe Um, but as you also referred to there, you know, there's some social unease and and there's been a lot happening with the protests in various states. Um, So uh, it's just interesting because I think marketers have always been concerned about audience fragmentation and where people spend their time and whether they're sitting in front of their computer, on their mobile phone, in front of their TV, at the office, traveling back and forth to work, on vacation, in their car or, you know, at their home, uh, it it just seems like there are so many different touch points and and times to connect with customers and consumers. And, you know, that's always going to be true, but there's been kind of a, this redefinition, I guess, of, of when you can engage people. Um, and there's obviously that uh, it's kind of a shifting, uh, scenario with, with a lot of things going on. Um, for sure. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because we, we do see so much happening on a national and global scale these days, um, you know, people are worried about things like keeping their job, keeping their house. There are a lot of people who are unemployed. There are the protests happening. Um, there's health and safety concerns nationwide and globally. And I just wonder, Dave, what do you think that that says, or or how does it impact Sort of consumer confidence in connecting with with brands, and you know when they look to purchase an item, when they look to shop for things, how are how are people feeling right now about wanting to do business? When there are a lot of other things that are top of mind
1: for them. Sure. Yeah, and I think it's it's it probably um, fair to say that it it's very dependent on uh, personal circumstances, right? So. The the idea of, of uh, somebody who hasn't been able to go to work, whether that's because they've been furloughed, their job requires physical engagement, but they're not considered essential, um, versus those of us that have a quote unquote white collar job that we you know, snap straight into doing everything over a video conference and and sharing documents, and you know to a certain extent, the impact has has uh, has been easier on some than others Um, so you look at I mean and and then the knock-on effect of all of that so you look at uh, you mentioned unemployment right so we're up about 400 percent I think is the latest number I saw GDP which you know is obviously uh, reflected in so many other things Um, you know we we'd seen projections of 1.9 percent growth this year now we're expecting a thirty nine and a half percent decline and the, the knock-on effect of that is massive, but especially on spending and on confidence, right? right. So yeah, some definitely. industries we've seen devastated, right? So yeah. travel, uh, live and in-person entertainment, conferences, events we talked about, and and, and then sort of the elements within different industries. So traditional brick and mortar retail is really hurting. Restaurants, as we all know, are really hurting. Automotive, both at the supply chain level as well as sort of sales are, are down. But then there's also pockets, pockets of success in every industry. So In retail, you're seeing DTC, the direct to consumer category, and e-commerce doing extremely well. Telemedicine, Um, you know, and as I mentioned, in entertainment, you've got esports and streaming and uh, online exercise and all these things that you know. There's these pockets that are doing absolutely fantastic, and um, you know, I think I totally agree on the on the pent up desire, right, and demand and whether that's to travel, to eat out. Um, you know, I got all excited. I got irrationally excited today when I got an email from the National Park Service saying that they're starting to open up. Um, you know, but that spending won't be uniform. And um, one of the things I think it's fair to assume is there's going to be a continued emphasis on um, deals and incentives that will be pretty widespread. Right. I think the other thing that... Um, I'd call out is, is, you know, one of the things, and and thank you for mentioning our book, and one of the things we wrote about in the book was was um, about the need for companies to align with their consumers on values. And I think from what I've observed, we've seen a, a flight toward values-based consumption consumption in this time. I don't know whether that's because we have more time to do research, whether it's even more apparent about which companies um, seem to align. Are they showing the, the, the right um, behavior, values, empathy that I associate with? But um, I find it really encouraging that that uh, consumers are calling out the companies that miss the mark and, and, and equally sort of praising the companies that uh, seem to be really doing the right thing during this time. And whether that's looking after their employees, whether that's looking after the environment, whether it's... Um, changing the tone of their messaging, whatever, however that sort of appeals to each individual. Um, from what I see, there seems to be a greater emphasis and recognition of that both on the positive and the negative, the backlash when it's not right, um, which I think is, is uh, you know, something, again, it's a trend that we had called out, but I think it's been accentuated like so many other things during this time.
0: Yeah, I think instilling value in whatever your you know, product or service is, uh, like you said, is is much more important now than it was even a few months ago. You know, people are looking to do business with those companies that they trust, that they're feeling are authentic, and and finding value in their offerings. So, yeah. Yep. Great
1: I'll be honest. I, I I was buying a pair of shorts recently, and I I went online. and knew the style I wanted. I did the usual thing of looking around for you know, cost comparison, and then I stopped myself and I decided to spend sort of 40% more than I was about to spend because I wanted to spend it with Patagonia because they align with, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is on this stuff. Right. But you know, when you look at, they, they were one of the first retailers to to close and, and, and manufacturers too, um, but took care of their employees. And, you know, they've always, I I always feel somewhat aligned with them based on um, their behavior, their attitude towards environment and everything else. But, you know, when I saw that I'm like okay it's not enough to sort of hold them up as a great example spend the extra thirty dollars on those shorts versus the other ones and um, prove prove that it, it means something to you as opposed to just talk about it meaning something to you
0: well good for you and and uh, thank you for contributing to uh, clothing retails retailers because I know that they've been one of the industries yeah uh, you know pretty hard-hit um, how do you think consumer expectations have, have changed you know uh, consumers obviously are interacting with brands probably a little bit differently than they did a, a few months ago but um, now that we're all becoming more comfortable with online activities and, and you shared some great examples about your trivia night about people wanting to learn and finding learning opportunities um, but but how are consumers what are their expectations looking like these days
1: um, so so uh, leaning back on on the the, the book title, right? So we we wrote about marketing to the entitled consumer. And the the whole premise of that was that we as consumers are more and more entitled in terms of our expectations for how brands engage and interact with us, their behavior, all those types of things. And one of the things I think is really interesting in this time, notwithstanding the conversation we just had about values, I think in some respects, consumers are demonstrating a bit more patience and understanding with... um, with brands and with the companies they're interacting with. So I think there's a little bit more forgiveness in for want of a better word. Sure. Um, you know, whether that's kind of, I noticed early on, um, you know, you're supposed to get two day free shipping and suddenly it's taking four days and hey, hey, there's no rush. I'm not going anywhere on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, wait, you probably have more important things to be focused on. If there are fewer people in your warehouse packing this because, you want your employees to be safe. That's a good thing. And so, you know, there's a little bit of toning down that that entitlement and expectation and need for um, immediate gratification. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, I think the one of the the phrases that we coined in the book was the notion of transference of entitlement. And what we mean by that is there's a sort of um, Experience trade war going on, and so as you experience um, an, a very positive interaction with a company, you question why every company doesn't do the same thing. And so, if it's really easy, if it's a two-click process to check out, if it's a um, if I have, for example, free two-day shipping, whatever whatever those benefits that that, that meet my my expectations are, um, I start to expect that of every other company. And so, I think one of the the downstream Of this is the push for "quote unquote" digital transformation. Um, You know, so so companies that have known they need to become more digitally oriented, um, this is the 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 sort of point of no return for many Mm -hmm. of those companies. They absolutely have to do it. Um, And then even those companies that we hold up as as bastions of doing this well, um, I've been really frustrated with Amazon. We've been doing a lot of shopping on Amazon. I probably don't buy as much normally, so this wasn't something I was aware of. But I've noticed their um, confirmation emails don't—sorry, in- no, their confirmation email does, but their notification of shipping or arrival um, doesn't indicate what product they're referring to. They just have the price in it. And when you're shopping, unfortunately, every few days on Amazon, you're kind of like, well, w- what's arriving tomorrow, or what's arriving on Thursday, and um, it's just one of those little annoyances that you're like, why does every other retailer get this right? And Amazon doesn't. And it's normally something we're saying that Amazon does great and, and every <laughs> other retailer could do better. Um, it's, but it's again, fine that that's...
0: You, yeah, it's funny that ahead. you mentioned that because I've I've had the exact same experience where I've gotten an email and I'm like, okay, I don't remember what they're shipping. Right? I don't know what that is. <laughs> what yep. are you sending me?
1: Yeah. yeah, and then of course is the, did I actually buy this or was yeah. it some other memory of, of my family that bought this <laughs> and what what did they buy and all those other things? So that's a separate. That's not Amazon's fault, right? Um, you know, but like that's a great example of that little bit of you know entitlement creeping in. It's like, come on, this isn't that hard. And you of all companies, like you do everything else so well. How how are you missing this boat kind of thing? And you know, hopefully they're listening, and it'll probably take them thirty seconds to fix it. Um, But you know, it's it's just those little things where, on the one hand, we're we are more patient and understanding, and on the other hand, you can't you know you can't change all of the spots on us leopards, right? We're still we still expect things the way we want them, and we want the best experience, and we'll call out companies that don't do it right.
0: Yeah, no, great example there. Um, One last question that I always like to kind of you know end on is is just looking ahead a little bit. If if you had a crystal ball, if you could Project a little bit. What do you see for the rest of the year, and, and just the way that consumer behavior is is changing? And you know, there's obviously been pullback by some consumers. I know you said that this really depends on individual circumstance, but you know, do you see the consumers in whole, fearing a recession, fearing what what comes next, are going to reduce their spending, kind of reduce their engagement, or, or do you think there will be pockets of, of coming back to normal
1: I think there will absolutely be pockets of coming back to normal i think um, I, I think again i don't think it's going to be evenly distributed um, but as we talked about earlier, I think that pent up demand is going to you know there's going to be a wave whether it 's a tidal wave or not um, there will be a wave of relief and excitement and you know even you thanking me for supporting an apparel retailer, right I think many of us can't wait to go out and support our local restaurants and sure. to support yeah. the local retailers and and small businesses and all those sorts of things um, that that may not have the capability to to jump online as easily as the big uh, big box and, and other retailers and that kind of thing so so I think you'll definitely see some of that I think, as I said I think then the the uneven distribution. It is um, is going to to play a factor too? As I said, I think there'll be um, a lot of uh, incentives that are going to uh, encourage people to come back. And you know, I think the the flip side of all of that, of course, is how are marketers going to to brands and marketers going to to change? You know, I think we're past the the f- the freeze and assess phase of of what do we do, and now figuring out the new path forward and and the smart companies are are adapting to the new and what will continue to be ever-changing environment. And I think we're seeing investment in, um, in adapting, right? So whether that means sort of a complete reinvention of business model or whether it's innovation to expand a portfolio, whether it's the opportunity to steal market share. We've spoken to a lot of companies um, that recognize that they didn't move boldly enough in the Great recession, and they're saying, you know, if we have the capability, we want to be bold and, and uh, to go out and and uh, take market share. And so again, how are they going to do that? It'll be partly on exp- on focusing on the experience and the consumer need, and partly on consumer incentive. What do you know? It's going to cost me to steal share, but I'm going to make it back in the long run. Um, you know, we're, companies are going to have to learn and act at the same time, at pace and at scale. Um, and then the last thing I'd say is sort of the the knock-on effect on, on the marketing mix as well, right? So I think um, we're seeing, we're projecting declines in spending on some channels ranging from a 75% decline in experiential to 30 to 45% in direct mail to 20 to 40% even in some digital channels like display and search and paid social. And so that presents the opportunity for other brands to, that have the resources and, and want to be bold to take advantage. But uh, I think you're going to see a lot of testing. I think you're going to see consumers uh, presented with a lot of opportunity. Um, and again, it's the flip side being the consumers that are able to take advantage, right? You've, you've, we're gonna see a lot of people that are are struggling to make ends meet based on on what's occurred and others that have been fortunate enough to keep their job. Frankly, many have reduced spending during this time. And like we said, there's that pent up demand. And I think it's gonna be interesting that there will be pockets and hopefully increasing pockets all dependent, obviously, on what happens with uh, with the, the the virus, and presumably we're we're going to settle down on, on the social unrest side, hopefully in the very near term, and uh, things can start to get back to something that resembles normal as we look ahead.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dave, thank you so much for you know sharing your insights today. Fingers crossed, we hope to hear much more from you this fall, and and obviously at that time it'll be a great point to reflect on, on where we've been, but also to look ahead toward, you know, 2021.
1: Yeah, we get to do a quick short-term assessment of these projections. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll, well, thanks for having we, me.
1: Really enjoyed it.
0: We will see how we panned out. Um, thanks to everyone for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks to our guest as always, uh, Dave Franklin. That's a wrap for this week's podcast. Uh, Be sure to subscribe and tune in to future podcasts as we talk all things lead generation today and tomorrow. We hope everyone is staying safe and being well. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into this episode of LeedsCon's Industry Insider Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for the latest news, insights, and the best takeaways you need to drive your performance marketing to the next level.